truly today is really to honor the men, to appreciate you, just to remind you that your role is very, very important. Your role is very, very crucial. And God is really mindful of you. And today, God, God is reminding you that he sees you, he sees you, he hears you, he knows what you're going through, he knows the struggles. In spite of all that, God is saying today, you are a vessel of honor. You are a vessel of honor, amen, and you are fit for his use, amen. Before I continue my, my message, I also want to give a shout out to some special dads in our midst. I want to give a shout out to the fathers who are raising special needs children. God bless you. God strengthen you. You know, it gets, as a parent, it gets to a time you're so happy that, you know, you're, you're able to send your children around, you know, get this for me, get that for me. But for a lot of fathers who have special needs children, they don't, get, they don't get to experience that. They have to constantly serve those children. So thank you, fathers, for standing strong. Thank you. And to all the single fathers, I also honor you. Yes, some have been bereaved, but you're standing there raising your children. Brother Hubong, I don't know if you're in the house. God bless you. I admire you. And God continue to sustain you. And to anyone who is raising, who is a man who is raising their children alone, God bless you. And to all the brand new dads, welcome. It's a great assignment. We celebrate you. Amen, amen. Going back to my message. Heavenly Father, I'm asking that you breathe over this word this morning. Use me as an instrument, Lord, to reveal to the men how you see them and what you are saying about them. Let this word impart life. Let this word strengthen. Let this word direct our men. Let this word give peace and joy to their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Fatherhood is a calling. It's a special assignment. Beyond, of, beyond whatever the world has defined being a father is, I want us to see it as a great assignment. That is why, as God's children in the kingdom, you may not be biologic, biologically a father, but God sees you as a father. If you are serving, if you are fulfilling the role that is expected, it is a calling that God gave the male, the male species of humanity. It's part of God's great plan to establish order. Genesis, in the beginning, God, the Bible tells us that God created man, male and female, he created them in his own image. So it's a special plan of God that he made male and female. 
and he chose the male to be the ones to father the offsprings. It's an honorable calling. Fatherhood is part of God's plan of passing on blessing. And that's very crucial that I really want the men to ponder on. God has created you as someone that will channel blessings to generations to come. Spiritually, financially, intellectually, emotionally. So being a father, that's why, you know, you carry the seed because a seed is meant to bear fruit. Being a father is not a joke. And that's why I took time to honor the fathers in this house because you do amazing. You do great. And we honor you. And God says he's happy with you. And he wants you to stand strong. Hallelujah. It's part of God's plan to pass on blessing from generation to generation. And we see that in Genesis, Genesis 18, verse 18 to 19, when God said about Abraham, he said, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. All nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right so that the Lord will bring about everything he has promised him. The Bible tells us that, you know, we are all blessed through Abraham. And we see the pattern. Before he, before he left, he blessed his children. Isaac, most especially. Isaac did the same. Blessed Jacob and Esau. Well, mostly of Jacob. Um, that old narrative is, is another thing. <laughs> and Jacob went ahead to bless his own children. We see that being demonstrated. It's a scriptural thing. It's part of God's plan that fathers, through you, blessings will be passed on to future generations. Fatherhood is part of God's plan to show a reflection of who he is to humanity. Through the image of fathers, we see love. We experience love. We experience protection. We experience provision. So fatherhood is not just anything ordinary. It is a calling. It is a calling. Unfortunately, in our world today, the role of fatherhood is under attack. It's under attack. And that's why we as God's people, we are redefining it. We are staying the course. And that's why we want to encourage the men. Because for the men who are doing right, sometimes it feels lonely. You, you sacrifice for your family. You wake up. You take care of the children. You pray. You work hard. You stay on the straight and narrow path. That's not what many men are doing out there. Many men, about, they are about themselves. They are living life anyhow. But we know what God expects of fathers. We are to be a reflection of God through our lives, through our ways. So again, father, being a father in the model of God is under attack. We see it in the media. 
the media is very, in a, in, before it was subtle, now it's no longer subtle. It's no longer subtle. And we have to be mindful that we don't submit to the ideas out there. We don't submit to the ideas out there. The media portray men as weaklings, people who have no control over their passion, people who are just, you know, addicted to pleasures, sex, drugs, drinking, violence. You know, we're talking about gun violence. What's Hollywood doing? Hollywood is the number one promoter of violence. There's some movies I cannot just even stand because it's so... The level of aggression, and they're showing this person as the hero, and the hero is going around killing people. So... And this is where our young boys become... They see these things. But going back to... You know, media is another subject for another day. <laughs> but let's pray that we take that sphere of influence. So media portrays men. I actually have a few, uh, a few sitcoms. They are, they are very old. A lot of you may not relate with them. Because, um, yes, I, these are like 15 years ago when I still used to watch TV. I don't anymore, so I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know the current ones out there, but these are some of the old ones, if you are able to project it. Some of them actually have a good image of what a family looks like, of what a father looks like. But bringing to the world today, I don't think. How many of you remember that? <laughs> that was an amazing show. Unfortunately, the man who is the main character, his real life didn't turn out as we expect based on what happened recently, but that's Cosby's show. I used to look forward to seeing that show. You know, a family man working hard, you know, he was a physician, spent time with his family, would take time to talk to them. I mean, he was the authority figure. Yes, he was able to balance love and discipline. So that's a good one. Go to the next one. Full House. A lot of you don't know, sorry. That just shows how old back in the days. But I, I really love Full House. That um, is a single father, lost his wife, had to raise three daughters, Danny. To, the man actually passed recently, um, Bob Gar Garrett. Yes. But it's an amazing picture of a man who gave everything else just to raise his daughters. The two other men, are, are his, um, one is his friend and one I believe is his brother, that they all came together and raised these girls. That's a great show. You don't see things like that anymore. You can still watch reruns, I think, on Netflix. Another interesting one, I'm sure you cannot remember this. Everybody loves Raymond. This is one of the ones that, that is questionable. Because Raymond is a guy who is, just wants everyone to serve him. <laughs> you know, he just is mama's boy. And that's not what God expects of men. He's a mama's boy. That's the mom. You can show the next picture of Everybody Loves Raymond. See how the mother was clinging to him? Like, it's always a battle between the wife and the mom. He will cook. So this, I mean, this is one of the depictions that does not do justice to what a real man should be. Bible says a man will leave his father and his mother and will cling to his wife and they will become one flesh. You become the leader. 
But that's a show that just shows some of the shortcomings in our world, that some men are not able to be decisive, and that's not what we want. We'll continue. There's another one I have. That's so old. Um, that's so old. All in the family. My husband used to love that show. That's uh, it's so old. But this man is not the kind of man that God has called men to be. Archie Bunker, very, very authoritative, will not help, like, just very a mean soul. That's not the kind of men we are looking for. But these are some of the things that the media has projected. These are even in the good old days. Now, it's so, so, so negative. Like I said, men are weaklings. Men have nothing to do, but that's not the truth. And we, are, we today, we are being reminded what God is saying about our men. Men, you are vessels of honor. You are vessels of, unto honor. Hallelujah. You are not a weakling. You are not mama's boy. You know what to do. You don't have to call to get consent from your parents. You have the Holy Spirit to lead and direct you. Amen. Amen. You bring home the bacon. Amen. God blesses you to be that provider. So that brings us to the scripture for today, which is 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21, which is what God is saying about our men. 2 Timothy 2, and the, the title of the message is A Vessel Unto Honor. A Vessel Unto Honor. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the later, he will be a vessel for honor. Sanctified means set apart, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. This is Paul talking to Timothy about, you know, the expectation of a good believer for you, to be, for you to be effective as a child of God. But as the woman talks about this Father's Day and the Holy Spirit give them this theme, I believe it's God saying to the men, you are a vessel unto honor in my hands. I chose you to be the blueprint in this world. I chose you to be that legacy builder. I chose you to be that leader. I chose you to be the priest in your house. Regardless of the narrative of media or the society of your culture, you are a vessel unto honor. You are empowered by God. But it says, the, it says what is needed to be that vessel. He said, you must be sanctified and useful for the master. You, you must be set apart. You must be dedicated. And as I, was, as I was reflecting about today, you know, about this theme, being a vessel unto honor, I said, God, give me an example of a man in the Bible that you can see, that you can really, I can showcase to the men that this was a vessel unto honor. And it led me to the life of, to, to the person of David. He said, David was a vessel unto honor. He was set apart for my use. Though he wasn't perfect, but his heart was surrendered to me. 
So today, fathers, as, you know, as, you're, as, as we're honoring you, the Lord is saying he's looking for men like David, men that will be surrendered to him. And this is how you can successfully carry out this responsibility of fatherhood. And this is not just for people who have biological children. Every man under the sound of my voice, in God's view, you are a vessel unto honor. There's a young man, there's a young girl looking up to you, how you behave, how you worship, how you serve, and that's inspiring them. You need to call out their purposes. You need to call out their gifts. David, before he became husband, father, he was inspiring other people. He had a company of men with him. Even while he was alone, as a young shepherd, he was a vessel unto honor. And that's what God is looking for. For the 15-year-old men under, under the sound of my voice, 16, 17, even up to 70 and up, you are not a tool of violence. You are not a tool of anger. You are a vessel unto honor. You are a prince of God. You have been anointed as a priest, as a king unto God. And I'm just challenging you this morning to take up that banner. Take up that banner, that mantle that God has given unto you. You are valuable to God. You are important to him. There's five things in the life of David that I would like us to look at that really made him, you know, there's a lot of qualities that makes a man a vessel unto honor. But I'll just pick five from the life of David. And we'll, we'll go from there. In 1 Samuel 13, 1 Samuel 13, verse 13 to 14, this is what Samuel said to another, you know, to, about David, talking to Saul. Saul too was chosen, but it, it, it became a vessel unto dishonor. Then God looked to David. Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly, you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now, the Lord will have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. See, God's desire was that through Saul, the kingdom will continue. Whenever he sees a man, he wants to use you as a channel of blessing to bring solution, to bring life, to bring something great into space that you occupy. Saul did not do that, and God said, it's over. Verse 14, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own earth, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. This is talking of David. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you, so God found David to be a man after his own heart. So what are some things that we can, qualities that we can draw from the life of David men? What are some of the qualities that made him a vessel unto honor? Someone that we call a man after God's own heart. Number one was that he, was, he took responsibility. 
Can we all say responsibility? David was responsible from a young age. As a teenage boy, he served his father. He took care of the sheep of his father. We see that in 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 11. You know, the first time David, which was a demise of his life, when he did not take responsibility, that was when the enemy came in like a flood. Taking responsibility as men in whatever situation, don't be, don't submit to those women that say, oh, I don't need a man, I don't need, you know, I'll just go do this, da, 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 da. no. There's problem, get on. How can we solve this? Don't take the back seat. You see something happening in the children, it doesn't look right, take responsibility, pray about it. Look for solution. The first time David stepped out of his responsibility as a king, the Bible says when kings went to war, David was having sabbatical. And he was watching the rooftop. I don't get it. What was he looking at on the rooftop? Nature. Uh, no, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> we see that in 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 11. He fell into sin of adultery and also led into murder. You know, that was really a major demise. That incident scarred him, but it did not... Looking at the context of his life before God, it was still a vessel unto honor. And I'm using this to encourage any man here. You feel you failed in your responsibility at some point. God is able to rescue. God is able. In his eyes, you are a vessel unto honor. Don't let that one mistake hinder you from stepping and taking on the shoes that God has given to you. The second thing in the life of David that we see is availability. Can you all say it? Availability. David was available when, when someone needed help. I'm challenging the men, our young men especially. It's good that you pump the iron, you take the protein, all those good. Be available, use those muscles to help. To help daddy. A lot of young teenage boys. You know, help your fathers, help your mothers. Amen. Amen. David was available. We see that in 1 Samuel 16, verse 14 to 23. When the king, the king who God ended his reign eventually, Saul was having challenges. He was being tormented. They were looking for someone that would help out. And somebody identified David, the son of Jesse, that he can play, he can minister, and they called on to him, and he was able to help Saul calm down the, the challenge that he was having. So many times you can see in his life, he was available. Again, in the case of fighting Goliath, he was taking responsibility by, by going, his dad told him, go and give your, your siblings food. He got there, he saw the issue at hand. All the battalion men, they were not willing to face Goliath. David said, I'm available to the king. He stood up. 
it's, you know, and he told the king, while, I was, while I'm taking care of my father's sheep, I fought lion, I fought a bear. My God will help me. And he took the five stones. We, and we can see that story in 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 40. David was available, and that made him a vessel unto honor. Hallelujah. The third thing we see in the life of David that made him a man after God's heart, a man that God, despite the scar in his life, through him, our Lord Jesus Christ came to this world. Through his lineage, David was vulnerable, vulnerability. And I really want to appeal to the man. God knows, God sees. He sees, he sees the struggles, the challenges. I just talked about it, how the world is so busy about putting men down, shaming men. And you as a man of God, you want to stay focused. At work, people tell you, oh, do you have, I mean, there's things, not even only at work, around, do you have a side cheek? Do you, you things that people just, like, and you're like, no, I'm committed to my wife. And you're like, are you on this planet? <laughs> stay, stay, God sees you. And today he wants to strengthen you. As a vessel, he knows that there might be some weak moments, there might be some cracks. But the one who made you, the potter, is willing to mold you. But vulnerability is, is really needed to be a vessel unto honor. We see this in the life of David. He's the one that wrote Psalm 51. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. This was his response after the prophet came to him and said, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Called him out. And he repented. He was vulnerable. He was vulnerable. We see this also in some of the other Psalms. He wrote Psalm 56, Psalm 57, when he cried out to God that my enemy is after me. God, I need you. I need you. I need your help. The enemy, they're about to eat my flesh. You know, some of these Psalms that David wrote, is you just see vulnerability. You just see someone opening up to God. Part of how he showed his vulnerability is also his heart of worship. And I see how God took us through some time of worship this morning. He's trying to say something. He's trying to birth something in us, especially in our men. Your worship. Your worship. There's strength in your worship. Amen. David was a worshiper. He was the one that said, I will bless the Lord at all times in Psalm 34. His praise will continually be on my mouth. I will make a boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and they will be glad. Make a boast in the Lord that your enemy will see you and they will not be able to recognize you. Praise him with all of your heart, with all of your being. I mean, if you look around, a lot of the worship leaders are men. And I thank God for Baroti me leading worship today. It was just so refreshing. So I don't see why men should not be able to... I mean, just, let's just be relentless and reckless in our worship. David the king, David the warrior king, was a relentless worshiper. Vulnerability. 
And I quickly put a plug in for the men's retreat. There's a retreat coming up in September. I'm encouraging the men. A place like a retreat just gives you that freedom to just release yourself to God. There's a lot that men are dealing with that you, need just, you just need the help of God. Ask him to help you, to strengthen you, to raise these children, to deal with this woman, you know? And even the things, your, your, your aspirations, your business, it's not something you can just do by watching Netflix or watching some, you know? You need to retreat before God. That's what David did. Some of his Psalms that we read are his journaling when he was retreating before God. Hallelujah. And the fourth one is humility. Humility. That's another trait that we see in the life of David that made him a vessel unto honor. And humility was displayed in the issue of him being admitting his sin. Lord, I'm, I've done wrong. Your posture of humility before God is so key. There's strength in humility, especially before God. You go to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I need you. You chose me to be a father. You gave me this responsibility. Help me. And even when you fall, even when you sleep, ask him to help you. It's not easy to be the one to lead, to be the one to, you know, provide. Everybody's looking up to you, to be the one that's always strong. It's not easy. But God knows you have the grace. The fifth thing about David that made him a vessel unto honor is integrity. Say integrity, please. He was a man of authority, but the, it, was, it was revered, it was respected. But because of his integrity, David honored everyone. When he started, you know, his journey before he became, came in the limelight, he took all kinds of people under him. He was not selective. Anyone who was willing, the weaklings, the rejected, he took them. He cared for the shepherd, the sheep. And these are the things that God saw in him. In the small things, he was honest, he was faithful, he was diligent. That's what integrity means. You're single-minded at all times, in all season. And naturally, men, we want ego. We want, I mean, we want power. That's, that's part of how God wired. We want respect. It's great. That's part of how God wired you. But there's a part of you that God also wants you to release is the compassion. And I know, again, the world may not celebrate that, but you just stay in that place. Compassion, loving, integrity. We see that in the life of David. Psalm 78, verse 70 to 72, talks about, just give a little snapshot of him as a leader. I'll read verse 72. It said, And David, he shepherded them with the skillfulness of his hands and the integrity of his heart. He led them. He was a man of integrity. Sometimes people would not clap, but God is cheering you up. God is cheering you up. And at the end of the day, what God says about you is what matters. 
is your rewarder. Let the life of David inspire you to be that vessel of honor. In the secret place, God sees his diligence, the caring for the sheep. I don't really know much about his father, Jesse, but you're always sending David on errands. When there was a party in the house, you didn't have David there. But David was still obedient. For some fathers here, and I'll be rounding up, for some men here, maybe your earthly father has not been, they've not acknowledged you. They always put you at the end of things. But you just be responsible. You just stay humble and let God, who is faithful, in due time, he will lift you up. You may be here as a husband. Your wife has not shown the respect that should be shown. The honor that should be given. Your children have not given it to you. You stay consistent. Stay faithful. Stay humble. And God will fight for you. He will lift you up. Where you have been rejected, you'll be celebrated. David was a successful leader. Even a father, I would say, because he was able to hand over to his son. He reigned for 40 years and he was able to transition to his son, Solomon. God is looking for men who will raise children for the kingdom. He's looking at you, a legacy builder. He's looking at you, a vessel unto honor. So today, Father, we honor you. Fathers, we honor you. And we see that you are a vessel unto honor. You are empowered by God. And just like the name of David says, beloved. You are God's beloved. You are God's beloved. Can we bow our heads to pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to look to God and ask him to help you. Isaiah 41, verse 10, the Lord says to the people of Israel, I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will carry you with my righteous right hand. God sees you. That was something emphatical that God wants me to say, that he sees your pain, he sees your challenges. But he wants you to know that he's your strength. He is your strength. As you sacrifice for your family, as you pray, as you serve in the kingdom, as you do the things he has called you to do, as you look straight unto him, is your strength. You are a success story. Your dreams, your visions will come to fruition in the name of Jesus. And God is releasing strength to your bodies right now. To any man watching me online that is dealing with a sickness in the body, the Lord is giving you strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord is giving you strength. But most importantly, 
is calling you into a place of worship. In the place of worship, you receive guidance, instruction, wisdom. So as I close with this song of, song of worship, release your heart to God because He's already done many things in the lives of men today. He's brought about restoration and He just wants you to know that He is your friend. He is your helper. Thank you, Lord. Dearest Father, 